Welcome to the Heggie Perspective, a podcast about modern topics through the perspective of Osmond Heggie. Hi, Osmond, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're excited to get your perspective on being a startup founder. So just to jump right in, what do you think the key steps are needed to found a startup? I think it's important to identify a pain that matters. And usually founders would either go through the pain themselves and they were looking for a solution and they can't find a solution, or they find a solution that they believe is not working very well and it deserves their attention to come up with a solution that would make people's lives easier. Usually a startup would matter if the problem that you're trying to solve is of a substantial size and you're able to come up with a prototype, test for product market fit as quickly as possible. The early stages of a startup, it's important that one evaluates not only the idea that you're working on, but also your own skills, knowledge, and experience, and whether or not you have what it takes to build a business, to have the vision, and to be able to execute what you're looking for, and whether or not you need a co-founder that can cover the technology side or the business side. It depends on what you're working on. Okay, and along with starting a startup, presumably money often comes into it. How do startups often get funded, especially at the early stages? So in the beginning, usually founders would look into their own savings. They'll look into small loans from banks. They'll talk to family and friends to raise the money needed to start their project and come to the point of a product market fit at least. Okay, and what kind of investment is that around? Ballpark figure. You know, it really depends on the idea, and it's usually tens of thousands of dollars. And what does it take to be a startup founder? I think as a founder, it's extremely important that you're passionate about what you're trying to build and that you feel related to what you're building and feel that you're coming up with something that a large number of people will benefit from. It's important that you're dedicated to your startup. It's not something that you can build on a side because building a startup is really hard. There is a lot of unknowns and a lot of startups do fail. You really need to be very strong and be able to take all the challenges, turn them into opportunities. You really need to know when you keep going, when you need to pull the plug if needed. So you have the problem, you have the passion behind it, you've funded your own, you've built the prototype, there's a market fit. What's the next step for funding? At this stage, the startup is all about growth. So what kind of growth are you getting? Because that's what you're after, essentially. You want to grow week over week, month over month, in terms of user acquisition, in terms of revenue, of course. And as that happens, and in order for that to continue growing, you will need to get fuel. And in order to get fuel, you need to look for investors that will join you in your journey, that believe in what you believe in. And you need to be able to tell your story. You need to tell the narrative in a very exciting manner in order for others to subscribe into your cause and invest in you. This is what happens in the next step. So presumably to get that fuel, uh, you'll need to look outside for investors. So what makes a startup a good investment and appealing to those outside investors? I've worked with investors for many years, and I think that investors are always looking for good founders and great ideas to invest in. So when I say good founders, I'm talking about they're looking for either someone who understands the business side of the idea or has something very unique when it comes to the technology side of the idea, or preferably somebody or a team of founders that cover both areas and that they're working in a substantial problem that is going to solve and make the lives of a lot of people easier. And it depends on which stage of investment we're talking about, but we're assuming that we're in growth stage and further. 
at that point, investors will be looking at the company's growth rate, MRR, so your, your monthly recurring revenues and your annual recurring revenues to decide whether or not they want to invest in you at that point. Hey, everything I've read about fundraising presents it as a challenging endeavor. There's a lot of people you have to reach out to. There's a lot of rejection before you find a good fit. With that in mind, how has fundraising changed or become even more challenging during COVID? Yeah, fundraising is not an easy process and a lot of founders find it very difficult when they start the process. But you become good at it as you meet with investors, as you pitch your story to more people. And it's an ongoing process. So if you want to be a founder of a startup, you better be good at it. And you don't get good at anything without practice, so you need to keep on doing it. During COVID, things are even more difficult because investors are more focused on caring for their own portfolio companies, making sure that they have enough runway and that they have all the support that they need. They're taking meetings at the moment, though, and talking to new opportunities. They may not act just yet today, but it's an excellent time to reach to them and speak to them about the different exciting ideas that founders have. And investors know through history that recessions do happen, but things will go back up again. And there is a lot of dry capital that will need to be utilized at a certain point. So this time when everyone is sitting at home is a perfect time to reach out to investors and build relationships with them, either through direct communication or through referrals or what have you. Okay, and in your experience, are investors open to providing feedback? So if you can reach out and network with them at the moment, could you also use it as a learning opportunity to get their ideas and thoughts on what you're presenting? Yeah, 100%. I think that it really depends who you're talking to, though, and it depends how busy they are with their own portfolio companies and with their own investment. But I think for the most part, yes, they're very open to that, and I think they take pride in giving back that way. Excellent. And how, in this challenging period, does the role of a founder change? So the role of a founder changes numerous times through the life cycle of a startup. You start off very hands-on, focused on product development, recruitment, sales and marketing strategies, and mainly focused on growth. And as the company grows and you achieve certain milestones and hire team members that you can depend on, founders usually step back and allow your team to lead in their various areas. And this allows the founder to focus even more on growth and management of the vision, the budget, and recruitment. And of course, most importantly, reporting to the board and to investors and keep that two-way communication. During this period, it feels like a U-turn back to the basics and going back to the drawing board with the main team, getting involved again in all areas, especially starting with communication and being transparent with the team. So usually a wartime CEO is going to be involved again in all the various areas and making a lot of hard decisions, such as laying off some team members that are very close to the company without the team being at fault or even the founder being at fault. But it's just hard decisions that you will need to make. It's also at the time that you will need to have a very close relationship to the investors and board and manage their expectations and get agreements on future plans. It's very important that also founders become very dynamic and very flexible and available to their team, to their customers, and to their board and investors. This is a period as well that you will need to be a visionary again and make sure that the company is prepared to take on the storm and be ready to depart once the storm passes and it can take off straight away. And this is a period as well to make sure that the company is prepared to take on the storm and is ready to depart once the storm passes and can take off straight away. 
Join us next time as we discuss the impact of working from home on companies and individuals alike.